From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for April 28th, 2010. I'm John Magi, and I'll be your host this week. And I am joined by a very abbreviated version of our Orlando team. <laughs> it's empty in here, isn't it? It mm-hmm. is. At the table, we have Kathy Rowling, Teresa Eccles, Kevin Close, and Corey Martin. And just so that our peanut gallery wasn't empty, Stella's here. Stella hey, Eccles Stella. is in the peanut gallery. Wave at the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Wave to your fans. Pete Werner and Walter Eccles and Max Eccles are currently on an 11-night Mediterranean cruise. They'll be posting and blogging their way through the Mediterranean, and hopefully they'll be calling in on a future show to give us an update on what's going on. You can follow their adventure on Facebook, uh, as well as a special uh, section of the Diz called Magic in the Mediterranean, and we'll have links to all those areas in our show notes page. Also, if you guys are listening, I know you guys are all listening. (laughs) I'm listening. (laughs) To Pete's. Have you heard Pete's first uh, introductory podcast that he put up? Yeah, yeah pretty cool. Cool stuff. Uh, he has some guests with him. Yvette Namil and Bex and Gav are, both tra- are all traveling with him. So it sounds like they're going to have some fun on this cruise. Have you seen any of the pictures? You've been looking at the pictures? No, I don't have Facebook. Well, you can see them. Someone's. We're adding them to the page. I'm going to watch his video. And That's pretty pictures. cool. It's an exciting cruise. I wish I was going on the cruise. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not, because it sounds like they're going to work their butts off. But it's sounds like they're having a good time. Though. A picture of Max in the tux looked like a little somebody pasted his head on somebody else's body. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't a flatty? <laughs> yeah. Really. Um, also, Pete's going to be giving away two podcast cruises on this trip. I'm not sure where we agreed on that, but okay. Oh. No. Who's he giving them to? He's giving away his prizes. One's through Facebook, so if you join the Magic in the Med Facebook page and you're following that way, you, um, a prize will be given away on Facebook. And also, if you sign up for our newsletter, our Disney Cruise Line newsletter. So if you're already signed up for the Diz newsletter, you need to go to the, to the main Magic in the Med page and sign up there. You can sign up every day. You'll only be added to the list once, but you can sign up every day until the end of the event. We had one person... Uh I ask about a clarification on the rules. It says one per household, one entry per household. It's actually one entry per household per day. So every day you can sign up and have a chance to win. Yep. Speaking of the podcast cruise, I know three people who have joined us. Wow. wow. Only three? You don't know any of the other people? My mother, my brother, and his wife oh, are cool. joining us on the podcast oh, cruise. Oh, your mom's coming. How cool. Mm-hmm. Now you have to behave yourself, Teresa. I know. <laughs> Mom's going to be there. Yep. How many people are we up to on that? It's a little over 700 at the moment. Wow. <laughs> so we're, we got some surprises. I was going to save this for my rapid fire, but I'm going to... Spill the beans. I'm not going to spill the beans. I'm going to give a teaser. Oh, my oh, gosh. No. Pe- okay, go we ahead. Can't, we can't give an official announcement yet, but we have some special guests coming on this cruise. When Pete comes back, we'll have all of the paperwork signed and all the contracts signed. But trust me, it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, you said guests... Plural? Plural. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely plural. Wow. Who could it be? Who could it be? <laughs> we actually gave a teaser to our ABD folks. They all know. They know the answer? Say, that's, not a, that's not a teaser. They know the answer? <laughs> we yeah. didn't give them a hint. We told them. They are 
able to tease other people. They're sworn to secrecy. They are deputy taunters. And they're doing a good job. Are they? Yeah. Well, how cool. See what happens when you travel with us? I have my ways of finding out anyway. You You can slip Dave Parfit some money. He knows, too. What would you do, ask Corey? Well, I went straight. To, I went straight to Pete. <laughs> Tell me. Actually, Stella going. told me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> she found that on Facebook. Yeah. So if you're thinking about coming on Podcast Cruise 2.0 with us, please sign up. Please register now. Get the best price now. You can always cancel later. I have to tell you though. We will remind you when it's time to cancel, so you don't have any penalties. But do it now. Rooms are starting to fill up. Yes. A lot of categories are in guarantee, and that's just a small step then to sold out of that category. So if you're thinking about going, put your deposit in now. And how much is the deposit? It just depends on how many people's traveling? or I believe it's $200 per person. Depending on what level stateroom you get, but it's for okay. the most part $200 per person. Be there, be square. I'll be there. You certainly will. Do you wonder who's going with us? Your mom? No, do you want to know who the special yeah, guest is? Yeah. She already knows. I know. Oh. All right. Home. I was going to extract money from Teresa. Oh, were you? <laughs> <laughs> Missed you, Kevin. <laughs> uh, on this week's show, this is actually the um, second anniversary of Bob's passing. So we're going to spend a, spend a couple of minutes reflecting on that. Uh, Teresa Eccles has an update on her $2,500 vacation challenge. You haven't gone on that yet? No. <laughs> really? <laughs> Seems like we would talk about forever. Stella's going to be an adult by the time she's actually got to redo everything. Stella's going to change price it's only categories. Been since January, guys. Only. Takes a while to plan a trip. Dodge really? the bullets that John throws at me. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's so hard at you. <laughs> so hard for you. I've thrown money at you. All that plus roundtable rapid fire and much, much more on this week's show. Let's get started with some housekeeping. Anybody have any housekeeping they I want do. to talk about? Over here. Sat next to Kevin. Anybody? Does that make <laughs> All right, Teresa. We got a small package from Donna, and that's a goofy mom on the board. She sent us some chocolate eggs. And now you're judging the size of our gifts? We no. only got a small package. Well, oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, it's a big package. Chocolate eggs and a really nice-looking uh, chocolate sucker for Pete. Especially it's too bad Julie's not here. This is that one that gives her fever. <laughs> oh, wow. So thank you, Donna. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Anybody else have any housekeeping? I do. I do. For those of you who have been using Diz tickers, we ran into a little issue. All of the servers that we run on on the Diz are our own servers. We're the only ones on that server. But Diz tickers is on a shared server, and I think we blew up the server. It happens. Oh we, <laughs> I think we sent so much traffic away that they had to shut the shut the PHP script down. So we're in a right now moving everything over to its uh, own server. So you can use the tickers again. <laughs> wow. I guess things become too popular. Wow, That's good. It's interesting. It's good, but it's not good because right. nobody's tickers are showing up in their yeah. signatures. So it's not you. It's the server, and we're dealing with it. Good information. Who else? I have one. I get, I've been getting a bunch of PMs and a bunch of emails regarding the hydro flasks that we've talked about. People don't seem to be able to find them online. The web address is www.hydroflask.com for those of you who are still looking for it. And they're awesome. They are awesome. 
Miss Kathy's never without hers. Mm-hmm. It goes with me everywhere. It's funny. I keep. It, are people writing to you? They keep mm-hmm. telling yeah. me how great they yeah. are. They get them and they think, well, these were really expensive to start out, but they really are good. Yeah, they they were expensive, but this is the best water bottle I've ever had. I enjoyed mine for the first day I had it. Then then it got taken away from it me. Now. I was going to say, who's <laughs> enjoying it now? The girls are passing it back and forth. <laughs> now, this is a very small company. You actually called them, Kevin, because we had trouble with something you ordered. I did. I called them. It is a very small, privately owned, family-run company, and I have a feeling we might be blowing up their servers. Um, <laughs> so be patient, but that's where you'll find them. Now, I found out that if you look around, somebody told me that Peter Glenn Ski Shop here on International Drive sells them hmm. here in Orlando. So you might find them in a camping store or an outdoor world or an REI, but... If you can't, you can find them online. I also understand that Amazon has them at this point. The thing that seems to be really hard to find is the sports cap for them. That's the, the <laughs> That's the little cap that has to slip up top that looks Sorry. like a baby bottle. Well, we got for two weeks. We forgot how to, <laughs> forgot how to, you forgot how to talk, and I'm snorting. Good Lord. Oh, I missed you guys. So that's it. I'm done. Very cool. All right. That's it for housekeeping. Let's move on to the news. Kathy, I believe you're going to read the news for us this week. I have to put on my glasses. Okay. The oh, first those are funky. Those are cool. I like my glasses. It's the dollar store. It's very Barbara Walters. <laughs> Disneyland announces official opening date for World of Color. Disney has announced the date of the long-anticipated light and color show World of Color. The show will open at Disney's California Adventure on June 11, 2010. The location has been under construction for more than a year, and original plans had World of Color opening in the spring of this year. World of Color will combine fountains, movie projections, and lighting effects to produce the highly anticipated show. Fountains will create the world's largest projected water screen measuring 380 feet by 50 feet, allowing for 19,000 square feet of viewing. Popular Disney characters will be brought to life to the original Sherman Brothers score from the 1960s TV show World of Color. A new 9,000-seat theater has been built to provide the best viewing opportunity for the show. World of Color is the first part of a $1.1 billion makeover of California Adventure to be completed by 2012. Did you guys get to see it when you were out there? We had hoped we were going to get a sneak peek of it, and we did not. For those who may not know... uh, Kevin and I and Pete and Walter went on an Adventures by Disney Backstage Magic uh, vacation. With 40 of our best friends. Really. We're going to uh, wait and give details of that um, trip when Pete and Walter come back so we can all talk about it together. But one of the things we had hoped was that they would give us a peek of World of Color, and we didn't get that. However, uh, Tracy Whipple, who was also on our adventure, stayed at Disney's California Adventure before the adventure started and Disney's Grand California Resort. And she had a room that overlooked the construction. Oh, cool. And she said one night at like 2.30 in the morning, they turned it on, and oh it woke God. her up. It was so oh, bright wow. and everything, it woke her up. But she's, what she saw was incredible. Oh, that's wild. I can't wait for it to open. We had a great view of the parking lot. We did, did you? I knew how many cars were there. Wow. <laughs> were they, that's just cool. <laughs> so according to the people who have sneak peeks, it looks like it's going to be awesome. We saw World of Parking. World of Parking. (laughs) The colorful World of Parking. Parking lot of color. We have a preview of it on the blog. 
preview video. I've seen the pictures and I've seen the symphony when they were recording the music, but to see it in person, I'm sure it's going to be awesome. They're putting a lot of money into it. They're really investing a lot into it, so let's hope it pays off for them. Okay. Well, are we ready for the next news story? Universal Orlando's first quarter sees 44% decline in profit. According to the first quarter profit report issued by Universal Orlando, the report saw a, the resort saw a 44% decrease from this time last year. 2009 first quarter earnings were 34 million. 2010 has only brought in 19 million. Assumptions are that the decline in overall earnings is due to the heavy advertising the resort is doing to promote the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Universal Officials are hoping to see an increase in attendance and profits with the opening of the new attraction on June 18th. I hope so. So people are staying away in anticipation of no, Harry they're, they're spending so much on advertising that their revenue has gone down. Mm-hmm. Their expenses have gone oh, up. Wow. Because However, I'm not really buying that. Yeah, I, I was going to say, not like I've seen a whole lot more advertising unless they're doing it in ways we haven't seen yet. Well, I think you've, I think we'll probably see it more outside of our own market. Well, yeah, that's true. I don't know if they'll do so much inside our market. But I just saw a report that said uh, how Disney is cannibalizing attendance for all the other parks. That because of the economy, Disney's keeping more people here and all the rest of the parks in the area have suffered because of it. So mm-hmm. that might be a reason for well, the decline of attendance. keeping them? Because yes. of Magical Express, because of oh, okay. the promotions they ran where they had... Um, Holding them ransom. They're putting stuff in the water. Right. Okay. Book a certain number of nights, get a certain number right. of nights free. People are less likely to go off property to the other resorts and the other attractions. Well, they got to do what they got to do, I guess. Typical Disney fashion. Yeah. But I haven't... Uh, it seems like on the boards there's not a whole lot of people that are talking about staying at Disney and going to Universal. There's a lot of people on the Universal board that are going, but right. it doesn't seem like as many. I think on they the will Disney. once Harry Potter comes. I oh, think I'm Harry sure. Potter is going to be a big draw. Yeah. I think, I think we're seeing it in uh, Dreams Unlimited travel requests. More people are saying, "Listen, I want to add on a couple more nights at Universal. Mm-hmm. How do I go about doing that?" But I think you've got the Disney purists out there. I'm just going to go to Disney, and that's it. I don't care about anything else that's going on. I think a lot of people too are waiting for it to open, to make up their mind if they're going to go to Universal. Don't you think? Yeah. Especially to see what the first people are doing. Mm -hmm. It's worth their money. We got to see over the fence. Yeah. Did you? Wow, yeah. Who was on whose shoulders? Well, (laughs) I was trying to get on our guide's shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm Ethel. Our tour guide took us to a a special spot to sort of like see up over top of the fence. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Oh, that's right. You guys went on that tour. Yeah, it was Mm -hmm. neat. We enjoyed it. It was fun. Here's your tour. Look over a fence. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take you to a special spot in the fence. He did. It was just Mm -hmm. really awesome. Good times. (laughs) Okay. Europe flights back to 100%. Flights across Europe are now back to operating at 100% after ash from an Icelandic volcano forced the shutdown of airspace and stranded thousands of passengers around the world. At its peak, the crisis affected 1.2 million passengers a day and 29% of all global aviation, according to the International Air Transport Association. It was the worst disruption—I can't speak either—the worst disruption of air traffic since the September 11th terrorist attacks in the United States in 20, 2001. Following those attacks, the United States closed its airspace for three days, forcing Europe to postpone all transatlantic flights. In addition to clearing a massive backlog of passengers and cargo, 
airlines now face financial headaches as well as logistical ones. The, the International Air Transport Association estimated Wednesday that the Icelandic volcano crisis cost airlines more than $1.7 billion in lost revenue through last Tuesday. The crisis began after a volcano beneath an Icelandic glacier erupted and sent a cloud of ash into the atmosphere. By the next day, that cloud had reached Europe, where authorities quickly closed the airspace over safety fears. Airspace was being closed based on theoretical models, not on facts, said Giovanni Bissam. Director General <laughs> IATA. Test flights by our members showed that the models were wrong. NATS, the Air Traffic Authority in Britain, said it is confident it made the right decision in restricting flights. Would you have, you know, I think they did the right thing by closing it down. Would you want to be up on a plane? No. And then find out that you shouldn't have been there? All of a sudden you're in this big cloud. Really? Yeah. And everything's getting sucked into the engines? Yeah. You're plummeting to the earth and well, hoping Charlton Heston helps you. I mean, the, the head of IATA is saying, you know, our tests, blah, 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 blah. Nobody really understood the long-term effects of this. There was talk that there was an acid level in these clouds that was corroding um, engine parts and seals in the plane could control could um, destroy the seals of the plane. So why take that chance? Exactly. Better be safe than sorry. Right? Yeah. I mean, we're sorry that a lot of people were stranded and people met um, – Miss their flights, but I think that's better safe than sorry. Inconvenience is better than death. Right. And I mean, you know, give them credit. It's open now. They're doing Mm -hmm. their best. They're getting people out. There's also a lot, you know, of uh, people who are saying this is the airline should compensate them for this. You know, this is an act of nature. Right. What was the name of that volcano? I was just going to say, I'm so glad you put that name in there. I was Uh, waiting for it. Nope, I wouldn't have even tried that it's one. It's the fucking fifth one. It's near Reykjavik. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, I would say, but I'm impressed. the only thing I know I'm impressed. Um, they use every letter of every... Yeah, they do. They do. It's pretty but well. SeaWorld and Disney both gave people that were stranded here mm-hmm. tickets. Disneyland as well. That's we were in a hotel in San Francisco and started talking to this uh, woman with three children. She and her husband had been traveling, and the husband went home early to go back to work, and she was stuck in San mm. Francisco. Wow. Uh, while we were sitting there, she was trying to find a pediatrician or find someone who would talk to a pediatrician to see somebody from out of the country who they, she needed to have, take one of her kids to the doctor. Oh, wow. And she said she felt like she was very lucky. She had friends who were also traveling who would, were in other parts of the country who had already maxed out their credit cards and were being put out of hotels and they sad. had no place to stay and nothing to eat and nothing to buy food with. That's so sad. it was there was a ripple effect, a huge ripple effect mm-hmm. everywhere. And as I say, even in San Francisco, you think you're kind of far away from the whole thing, but we didn't have any trouble finding people who were stuck. Wow. And the entire time, Pete didn't know if they were going to go. Yeah. I mean, he kept checking flights and he kept thinking about what yeah. if we don't go and they postponed this, what are we going to do? So it really had a large effect on a lot of people. Um, the, I think for the most part, what I understood was it was mostly people traveling within Europe who had the most trouble getting around. Yeah, they were like booking trains and cars and whatever else. Right. And what happened too was those trains and those cars were being taken as well. Yeah. And who was it? What country was using their um, like ships, the Navy ships? to tra- Was it Britain? Some place was using big... I don't remember. Not carriers, but their big ships to transport people around. It's amazing what it, what it entailed because um, 
celebrities trying to get to concerts. Concerts had to be canceled. I mean, it's pretty global. It's amazing how much we rely on air travel these days. Excellent. Thank you so much for reading the news for us, Kathy. Uh, let's move on to Roundtable Rapid Fire. Who wants to go first? I'll go. <laughs> oh, my wow. goodness. I don't want anybody to take it. I wasn't even uh, looking in that direction. You go, really? the, um The characters from Up, their last day at the Magic of Disney Animation will be May 1st. So if you want to get your photo with them, you better hurry up. Uh, starting May 9th, Lotso from Toy Story 3 will be there making appearances. So you can take photos with them. Who's Lotso? He's like the bear. It's like a cuddly bear. It seems odd that they're going to have characters that people don't know yet. Right? Really? How do you get yeah. excited? Oh, who is that? I don't want to get in line for that. You know? He looks friendly. I like the little... <laughs> <laughs> That's a Disney character. What do you think he's going to look like? I like the up people, though. That little boy is just too adorable. I'll let you know when I go over to see him. I'll let you know if they're friendly or not. <laughs> a little bit. Now, they need Ken. Barbie's little Ken over there. That'd be cool. You, know? you never know. They might do that. Malibu can or whatever it is. <laughs> they always use that spot for the uh, the newest. Oh, do they? Yeah. Okay. The newest characters. But did they say they're not totally going away, are they? Just from the meet and greet. Because usually in that area where they do it, they've got like the the Incredibles come out and some of the other characters come out in the area, not where the up people are. And I just wondered if they were just sort of like moving them across the hallway. Well, the update says they um, they will not be seen in the parks. Ooh. As of May 1st. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. They're that going seems, back in the vault. How drastic. <laughs> <That> seems so <laughs> weird. Yeah. Maybe the old guy got tired and had to go. Maybe yeah, this is yeah. cutbacks. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> Take the poor up, people. Tragic. Thank you, Corey. Who else has rapid fire? I do. I was kind of surfing the web looking at what Disney had to offer, and I come across um, Disney Broadway Podcasts. And this is what Disney says about what is podcasting. I thought this would be interesting. Podcasting is the latest in on-the-go and on-demand technology. With podcasting, you can listen to audio programs or watch video segments wherever and whenever you choose. Isn't that interesting? I thought it was kind of cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> but um, I I'm was listening to I'm amazed at what she finds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was because you can download um, Disney Broadway and... Take it with you. Honey, you're part of a podcast. <laughs> I know. You do realize what we're doing now. I do. I know. But I thought this was kind of interesting, Disney's little take on it. I thought that was cool. Also. Um, so wait, wait, what is Disney's Broadway podcast? They talk about what's on. It's um, little snippets from the shows, um, the music, mainly the music. It was real cool. They had uh, Lion King, Mary Poppins, Little Mermaid, whatever. Closed, closed, closed. Anyway. <laughs> but it was interesting. I thought it was interesting. Do you listen to any other podcasts? Do I? Like any podcast, like not Disney related. Do I know? No. No. I used to. Did you really? Yeah. No. I also found out um, opening um, May 28th, Prince of Persia is opening. And that looks really good. Have you all seen the previews for that? Yes. Kev? I thought it looked good. Interesting. Mm. Toy Story 3. It looks awful. <laughs> Do you? Oh, I don't. <laughs> I do. Kathy, have you seen the previews? At our farewell that? dinner, they gave away movie posters. And one of our AVD adventures found a picture of... Um, Jake Gyllenhaal in his Prince of Persia skirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, really. He's dressed. <laughs> and she was rolling that poster up, said, are you an action movie fan? And she said, um, yeah, that's it. That's it, I yeah. like action movies. And I thought, uh-huh, I bet Jake Gyllenhaal's going up on your wall. He does look <laughs> good, though. I, mean, I won't that's... mention any names, Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to tell a secret. 
I know we're not supposed to talk about our ABD, but I'm going to spell a secret that we learned. What'd okay, you learn? Go ahead. We went to one of the things along our uh, adventure was we got to see backstage at the El Capitan Theater, which is the theater that Disney bought and has renovated, and it's absolutely beautiful. It's directly across the street from Hollywood and Highland and Grauman's Chinese Theater. Absolutely beautiful. I mean, they've restored this. It's incredible. And not only do you get uh, to be on the stage and look out into the audience and they talk to you about what goes into a show, they show you what they do before each movie. And I didn't know this. Before each movie that plays, they have a preview show that's written, directed, and and produced just for that movie. So for Alice in Wonderland, which is what's playing now, it's a complete light show. And some stuff comes on the screen, and things light up in the audience. At the end of it, they put rose petals over the audience. It's very elaborate. Mm. They drop rose petals, oh, and there's wow. a huge, mighty Wurlitzer organ plays. That's cool. It's incredible. I mean, I think I would love to go see a film there. So uh, one of the things they told us, the guy who does the is in charge of the, directing these pre-shows, now, when Prince of Persia comes out, they're going to do a whole new pre-show based on Prince of Persia, and it's going to be like acrobats are going to be flying through the audience. Oh, that's nice. They're going to sword. zip line from the balcony. Cool. And they're going to do sword fights and things like that. So I thought this was incredible. You stood inside this theater, and you stood on the stage, and you looked out at the audience, and as you looked at the theater, you know what a Fabergé egg looks like? Mm-hmm. It looked like you're inside a Fabergé egg. Oh, wow. It was, cool. like, it was incredible. I love old theaters, really ornate theaters like that. And it's all restored to the way it was. It's absolutely beautiful. It's pretty neat. So I know we're not allowed to talk about it. Well, I think Pete's going to be in trip reporting overload when he gets back. So I think you can start (laughs) leaking some stuff. Leaking a little bit. (laughs) Also, um, Toy Story 3 opens June 18th. Theaters. Can't wait for that. What else happens on that day again? Harry Potter. Same day. Coincidence? I think not. Hmm. I don't know. You think the movie's going to compete? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It just jumped out at me. So there you have it. In a nutshell, my world. Kevin? <laughs> um, I don't really have one. But I do want to remind everybody that we are ongoing discussion on the Diz Unplugged board. We have a book club discussion. Uh, currently, we're reading The Help. And I have a feeling that very soon we'll start another book. This one's been going on for about a month, so I think it's time for us to pick a new book. I don't know what's been discussed as to what that is yet. I've been away. So please, if you're interested in joining a book discussion club, come join us. I know I say that once a week, but I think it changes quite frequently. (laughs) So please come and join us. Yes. Kathy, did you go? Did I do hmm? your rapid fire? Oh, I, no, I didn't do one yet. No, I'm ready. Teresa did so many. <laughs> Get a child's ticket for only $5 and help wildlife conservation. For nearly 50 years, this is the teeniest, tiniest little print, SeaWorld Parks and Entertainment has been, anyway, you get a $5 off. You get a $5 <laughs> ticket for children if the adults buy a full fare. To where? SeaWorld. In Orlando? In Orlando till the end of the year. And we'll have that up on the, the website. Pretty soon they're going to be paying us to go. And it <laughs> helps wildlife conservation. By giving away a ticket? I guess, you know, you give the kids the free tickets and the parents have to go. I get a lot of the news stories that come out, and um, a lot of the ones lately have been about SeaWorld and how they've rescued this animal and how they've found this animal. It sounds to me like SeaWorld's trying to do mm-hmm. some PR. Did you listen to the Universal show? 
Yes, every minute of it. Oh, my oh, well, God. You have to listen you to have Jack to. Hanna. You have to listen to Jack mm-hmm. Hanna's interview. Yes. Really? Kevin, you do? Okay. okay. I'm going to stop what I'm doing right now. <laughs> he got pretty defensive. I was going to say, I see Jack Hanna a lot on the, the talk shows, and I know he can be very animated about this subject. Yeah, he, he really was. sort of, I mean, he's to me, he always seems so mellow and yeah. so into animals, and he really opened up. Yeah. <laughs> If you don't want to go listen to the whole Universal show, Dave Parfit did a blog with his uh, interview with Jack Hanna, and the audio is clipped out. Excellent. We will check it out. All right. Thank you, everybody. We're going to move on. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, today, the day the show goes up, is actually the um, second anniversary of Bob's passing. So we thought it would be appropriate to just talk a little bit about Bob and uh, where we stand two years later. And I'm going to start with uh, a little bit about our trip. One of the times that I miss Bob the most is when we do things like this trip we were on, because I knew how much he would just go crazy. Absolutely. We would fight with him that he couldn't go, (laughs) and he would probably just go anyway and shadow us. But I'm going to be in the same hotel you're going to be in. (laughs) One of the the things that um, kind of gave me an inclination that Bob was with us there are a couple of things that sort of trigger that. We get on the plane. We're in Southwest. We get up in the bulkhead seats. We sit down. I look up, and the plane's being held together by duct tape. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. And at first I got worried, but then I thought, well, that would be a very Bob thing to do. You know, the trim's coming off, so we're going to put some, bu- some duct tape on it. Then the second thing is we got there a couple of days early before our adventure started. And it's funny you're going to talk about this. This is what I was going to talk about. Do you want to go ahead and do it? No, go ahead. And one of the things Kevin really wanted to do was go to the L.A. Farmer's Market. Have you guys been to the L.A. Mm-hmm. Farmer's Market? Uh, because of Bob. Because of Bob. He right? made sure that every time we were in that area, we needed to go to the Farmer's Market. We had to go, eat it's, lunch, It's actually and one dinner. of my favorite things to do. <laughs> it was a highlight of our trip. And the Farmer's Market, for those who don't know, was started out as a Farmer's Market. Farmers would bring their produce there to sell. And then it sort of organically grew on its own. Somebody would add a uh, donut selling shop and someone would add a deli and it sort of became the sort of tent city of a farmer's market. And It's now a permanent structure. It's a permanent structure and it's very, very popular. And we went there and we had a great time. The door we walked into uh, when you first walk in had a statue and it was a gentleman dressed in travel clothes, sort of a Bermuda shirt uh, shorts, and he had glasses on and a little mustache, and he had wings, and it was the the travel angel. I actually have a picture huh. of it that I will send to Corey so he can put up on the website. Um, I apologize; it's going to take me a minute to find it. But this travel angel actually looks. Here's a picture of him. I'll show the the podcast folks. It really looks like Bob. It does. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. The mustache and everything. And the glasses. And this is what he looks like with his wings out. Mm. And it was kind of a real touching moment. And there's a story about um, his wings are made out of postcards from all over the world. And he is the angel who protects travelers. And we thought this was really fitting that this was Bob. Bob was with us on our trip. So Yeah, one of the best times... um, you know, I had with Bob was when we were in California doing the video trivia challenge. Bob was such a planner and such a person to stay on schedule that if it wasn't for Bob, we'd have been all over the place. Not only that, but Bob wanted to do a dry run. 
for two days beforehand, he had to go to the same place. So he would, okay, and he wanted to synchronize watches and things like that. <laughs> We're all going to meet at this time. So it was it was this trip that kind of said, you know, really missed him, really missed the fact that he would have so been involved in every minute of it and gotten so much enjoyment out of it. Plus, I also think that um, we do owe a lot of us doing this podcast to him. You know, he was the one who first said... He's, should, yeah, he pushed it, pushed it, pushed it. Pushed it, pushed it, pushed it, pushed it. Now, granted, what we first started to do wasn't what we wound up doing, but I think he really had a, a hand in us doing this. So it's times like that that really bring him up, and I miss him, and saying things like, I wish he was here with us and enjoying this with us. He would have been driving me crazy. Well, he always did. Every second, he would have been driving me <laughs> Because he was always thinking three steps ahead of you. Uh-huh. You never got a chance to catch up with Bob. Oh, and also Bob wanted to do and see and experience everything. And it would have been like, come on, now we got to go here. Now we got to go there. Now we got to go here. And it would be like, just let me sit. <laughs> uh, yeah, you were talking about he always wanted to do a dry run. Well, we, when we went to the, um, the Aquatica press event, you know, we had to be there at a certain time. So me and Bob were like, okay, we're going we're gonna to meet at this time. Well, I got there early. Bob was already there an hour before. Of course. And so I went to go check in. I didn't know he was there already. I'm like, I'm here with the Diz, Dreams Unlimited Travel. Oh, so you're with Bob. <laughs> he had already introduced himself to everybody over there. They all knew who Bob was. I'm like, oh, here it is, 8 o'clock in the morning. They have a thing at uh, the premium outlets. At least they used to. I think they still do it called the Bacchanal Bash. And what the Bacchanal Bash is, is it's restaurants from Orlando set up booths as you walk through there. That was the mall. Fun. And they sell tickets, and you buy a bunch of tickets, and you walk around. It's like their own little food festival, okay. or um, food and wine, wine festival, but it's all restaurants from Orlando. I apologize. I don't know when it is this year or if it's already been. Well, we decided one year we were going to go, and we were all going to meet at 6 o'clock in front of one certain store. P.M. 6 o'clock P.M. <laughs> it's at night. And by the time we got there, I said, so which way should we go? And Bob said, well, I've already been here twice. I've been here for two hours this day. (laughs) And I've already tried everything, so I can tell you what everything is all the way around. Oh, my goodness. He had had gotten there so early. He said, I want, oh, and he was standing in the parking lot because he would call you every 10 minutes. Where are you now? Where are you now? What mile marker are you at? And when I pulled into the parking lot, he was standing in the parking lot waving his arms at me. I already picked you out a parking spot. Oh, my gosh. You know? <laughs> wow. So, we talk about Bob driving you crazy. One of the things he he drove me crazy all the time, he would go and take a lot of the photos for the website, but he would take them in bulk, hundreds and hundreds, and he would drop them off on a CD to me or email them to me in like a series of 100 emails. Well, for a flower and garden <laughs> festival, he went and took a photo of every single rose in the rose garden. There were seriously like 180 photos of just close-up rose shots. I'm like, thanks, Bob. I still have a stack of CDs uh, that Bob dropped off the house. He did not know how to edit, that was for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And his picture of every sign in the park. He would take pictures of signs. We, uh, When we got to the uh, California portion of our trip, Kevin rented a scooter. He was having trouble seeing. and My knees were bothering me. And he was kind of holding the group back, so he didn't want to hold the group back uh, when we did our walks from place to place. So he rented a scooter, and he got the Bob scooter. The back <laughs> was held on with tape. <laughs> it always smelled like it was burning. It did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Something burning. It might be your scooter. Just keep going. Just keep going. Put the little Life is Good sticker on the front. Mm-hmm. We bought a sticker just like that and put it on the um, on Ferris's car seat. 
one of the things I miss about Bob is Bob was a safety net. You always knew if you broke down, you could call Bob. And Bob would be there to help you in a matter of minutes. Uh, if you needed a ride somewhere, all you had to do was think, I say to Bob months in advance, I don't know if we're going to drive to the airport and leave the car, if we're going to take a taxi. I'll, I'll be there. Well, Bob, we have to be there at 7 a.m., so which means you're going to have to leave your house at like 5.30. Oh, that's okay. I'll be there. I'll be there early. And you think, well, don't be there too early because I don't want to get up and open the door. <laughs> <laughs> but looking back, those things that seemed annoying at the time, I now miss them. Oh, Absolutely. You were talking about being a safety net. The, the trip to California, Bob was our safety net. He he drove. He knew the way around. He was the person scheduling everything. You know, you felt safe when you were with Bob because he'd already been there, done that. And you talk about he, he always wanted to help people. You didn't have to ask him. He would insist. When we moved into our house, he showed up with banana boxes, um, his friend Mike and Brian, you know, he was there moving stuff down three flights of stairs with the boot on. He said he'll <laughs> help you whether you want it or not. How did Bob become a part of the company? How did that start? Bob was uh, on the boards very early on, helping people, answering questions. Uh, and then he and Pete got very close. We're going back and forth. And Bob had, um, he had his injury from his job and was kind of in an early retirement phase, and he had decided he was going to move to Florida. Oh, okay. And when he moved to Florida, he kind of got absorbed into the company. You know how that is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. there's really no official booklet or handshake. There's, right. there's no application <laughs> process. You just it, you just walk around and meet people. And it's like a sponge, and, and you know, yeah. then you just like, and all of a sudden, you know, you're part of the company and you're doing stuff. So that's, and you can't really explain yeah. to anybody how it happened. Exactly. I'm not sure. But what you really I do. I got the handshake. <laughs> Bob actually came down, uh, was here on a trip, and had bought the land and picked out the type of house he was building without his wife's permission. Oh, my God. Called her up and said, I'm standing where your jacuzzi is going to be. Wow. And she trusted him. So Bob came after Corey? No, before Bob me. was before around, me. yeah, before me. Yeah. Before you? Okay. Didn't he go on the Around the World Tour? Yeah. He was part of that? Yeah, Bob well, was part of the Around the World Tour. One of the first experiences I had with Bob um, working together is when we, we all started working, we all had Nextel two-way radios. And oh, I had, my gosh. I, <laughs> I, never had, <laughs> I never had one of these um, two-way radios before. Oh, really? And Bob loved this thing. Oh, he did. And there was a thing you can put an alarm if you don't answer It'll just keep alarming you. Yeah. I was like, oh, when are we getting rid of these things? <laughs> I had them for the kids when they go out and play in the woods behind our house in Georgia. Yeah. We had an experience with Bob and his Nextel radio. Bob and Mike had these Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin skits that they used to do on these things. You would call them up and you would say, hey, um, we're thinking about going to dinner. Where are you? And both of them would answer with the same dumb remark. I'm in Central Florida. Where are you? <laughs> And you'd think, okay, you're annoying the daylights out of me. <laughs> we were sitting in a bank talking with a banker, John and I. John was doing some personal banking, and it was kind of a serious conversation. And it was early for us, and the next tell went off at full volume, and it was Bob, wakey, wakey! <laughs> <laughs> and I got him in a corner the next time I saw him. I said, if you ever do that again. <laughs> so I, we had to... Um, 
I, I threatened to break his phone one day. If you beat me and scream like that again. <laughs> but, Sounds like a lot of good memories, though. Needless yeah. to say, we got rid of them Nextel radios. Yeah, That's we right. did. Now it's all text messaging. Exactly. <laughs> Gosh. Pete definitely wanted to participate in this conversation, but obviously he's on the cruise. So um, he has recorded a little something, and we're going to insert that into our podcast. So here's Pete talking about Bob. Hey, everybody. It's uh, Pete and Walter here on the Disney Magic, uh, talking a little bit about Bob on the anniversary, second anniversary of his death. It really doesn't feel like it's been two years since he passed away. Just the time kind of flew. It did. It did. I, um, especially where we are right now and what we're doing right now really, uh, kind of makes this whole experience bittersweet. I mean, of course, it's always great to be on the magic and sailing the Mediterranean is, is a, is a amazing experience. Um, but this is exactly the kind of event Bob would have, just gone crazy over um as a matter of fact one of the first things bob and i ever worked together on was back in uh 2000 uh was the around the world tour that we did when the site was still very new dreams wasn't even a year old yet the diz was uh just about just a little over three years old uh and we had uh, done this event where we did a seven nights on the Disney cruise line. They had just launched the seven night itineraries at that point into the Caribbean. And uh, then we spent a night, at least one night at each hotel on Disney property. And, uh, there was a month of work that we did. Actually it was more than that, but it was the actual event was a month long. So, you know, you think about what we're, what we're doing here right now in, you know, basically, 15 days, double it and expand it. Uh, and you have an idea of what we did for the around the world tour was Herculean. But, uh, I learned so much from, from Bob. Bob had actually had some experience doing production work. I had never really done anything with a video camera before. And, uh, so much of what we're doing right now is, is stuff that Bob and I, did uh, during during that so i think about him a lot i think about you know if he was here and and what it would be like and try not to get it too much into my head because it starts getting me starts getting me depressed but he would have absolutely he would have absolutely loved this there would have been no way to keep him, there would have been no way to keep him away from this ship well i know the main thing i remember about bob was when we did the tri- trivia challenge in california Mm-hmm. And how he was in charge of well, driving the hideous highways. It didn't seem to bother him at all. Um, making sure everything was arranged, taken care of. Um, Bob just organized a lot of stuff. Um, and if Bob was there, you just knew there was a lot of things you didn't have to worry about because Bob was there and Bob would always take care of it. So that was always that was the first time I realized how very much he did for um, for you and your company, and how much you know uh, what a good friend he was and what a good employee he was. And he was, he, he, and he did organize things. He, he organized, he organized so much, but he was such a disorganized man. Mm. Um, but he kept it all in his head. He had everything in his head. He would, you know, there was always a million pieces of paper. He would always come to the show, especially in the beginning, come to the show toting 
boxes, I mean boxes and boxes of files. And in these files would be, you know, things he ripped out of newspapers and things he jotted down on napkins. And, but he always, he knew what needed to be done. And he was, he was like a velvet pit bull. Uh, and if something needed to get taken care of, especially if it was dirty work, <clears throat> Bob was really good at going and doing that. Bob was the guy you sent in to do that stuff. And, uh, you know, never made enemies doing it, always made friends doing it. And, you know, on an event like this, you know, he would have, uh, he would have been the perfect liaison between me and my impatience right. and my demanding nature and Disney. Um, and I'm not disparaging Disney at all. I'm just saying that, you know, Bob would have been the one, you know, I'd freak out about something to Bob and then Bob would translate that into human and take it back to Disney. Uh, and that's, he did that a lot during the around the world tour. So did John actually, John had to do a lot of that during the around the world tour, but, um, it's really hard doing this event and not having him, not having him here with us, um, just because it's been two years, I don't miss him any less. Uh, I don't think any of us miss him any less. If, if anything, I miss him more. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, even though I know he's gone, it's still hard to believe he's not, he's not here. Uh, but I do. I hear his voice in my head as we're shooting video, especially doing interviews and the things he would tell me that we would have to do and you know, watch this and do this and let's set it up like this and watch your light. And I'm hearing all that in my head as we're going around doing this. But, uh, you know, I know he's with us in, in spirit. And uh, it was kind of like uh, when uh, out for the Adventures by Disney trip out in California last week, uh, you know, that was another thing he would have just... Oh, gone crazy. Gone crazy to see that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he would have been nuts about that. And uh, I was especially thinking about him while we were in Imagineering. We did the back, you know, the tour through Imagineering. And then at the end of the tour, they took us into the Imagineering store. Now, Bob died about a week after we got back from our trip to California that April. And I had, uh, I had bought this shadow box, this Haunted Mansion shadow box. Actually, I bought a few shadow boxes. And I had decided to give the Haunted Mansion one to Bob. And uh, I was really glad I did, especially after he died. I was especially glad that I gave that to him. And, uh, you know, I had really admired it and said, oh, I should have picked one up for myself. And I would get one, you know, the next year when we went back. Well, I went back the next year and they didn't have them. And they hadn't, ha I hadn't seen them again. I had not either. Until... We went into Imagineering, and they had the Haunted Mansion shadow boxes there. And it was just kind of like, in my mind, just saying to myself, okay, that's Bob's way of letting us know he's here, letting me know that he's here. Um, and, uh, you know, it was uh, just, it, it, it is, those, all those events, the podcast cruise, the uh, Adventures by Disney trip, this uh, Mediterranean cruise, um, all wonderful, but all, you know, all a little bit bittersweet because, you know, this would be the sort of thing that he would just love. This, uh, there was no, there'd be no way I could have kept him away 
from this cruise. I would have had to buy him a stateroom. I would have had to fly him to Barcelona. He would have to be. I would want him here for this, honestly. Mm-hmm. An event like this, you know, that, that, that's a, that would be a given. That, you know, Bob was going to be there with you because he did. He took care of all the stuff. He took care of all the details that drive me crazy and uh, always did, no matter what the project. And enjoyed doing it. Uh, I remember the time that we moved and just how much the the, uh, the movers had broken down. He was at our house all day waiting for the movers to get there. Not and only that, but while he was waiting, cleaned. he cleaned the house. Everything. Cleaned everything. And then when the movers finally got there, like 10 o'clock at night, he just started unpacking furniture like it was nothing. I mean, it didn't faze him. He was just like, well, you know, I'm here, so I'll clean. It's here. We'll unload the truck. I mean, everything that most people would have complained about... He sort of looked at it as an adventure. For some, you know, he was able to look at the positive side of things. And just, he, he went with the flow. He was, he was really incredible like that. Yeah, always had a positive attitude. Always. Right. Always. No matter what it was, no matter how sucky it was, no matter how bad things went wrong, Bob always managed to have a positive attitude and always felt that things would work out. I think because he knew that he'd find a way to work it out. Because that's something he was good at. He was good at fixing problems. Um, and he trusted himself. He trusted his his instincts and his abilities. And, uh, you know, it's it's just, you know, it will always suck for us that Bob isn't here in spirit or in, 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 in body. But I also know that he is absolutely with us in spirit. And uh, so it's a little, like I said, bittersweet. But uh, we miss you, Bob. Thanks, everybody. All right, let's move on. Before we move on, I, mi- I just want Bob to know we miss him. We do miss him very much. I wish I could have met him. He would love Facebook. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he'd be all over that. Sorry, area. John. He would love Facebook. Mm-hmm. And every second he would tell me to be on Facebook. Even more than that, Bob would love Twitter. Mm-hmm. I'm getting sandwiches from the place in Claremont. Oh, yeah. I'm going to say hi to his wife, too. She's a cool lady. And Brian. We mm-hmm. love Diane and Brian very much. I think he would have liked Teresa. Maybe. I think. <laughs> stop now. <laughs> From what all I've heard, I think I would have loved him. I think we would have got along well. I think you would have very much. I don't know anybody that didn't like right. Bob. Right, yeah. Bob, everybody liked Bob. Oh, I know. When I'd see him in the park before, you know, I was just on the boards and stuff, and I'm like, Katie, look, there's Bob. And I there's got to go up Bob. and I got to go up and talk to him, and it was like meeting a rock star, you know, and then when I finally got to work with him. I remember you know, Pete talking cool. about him. You know, when Pete would come up and visit us, he'd talk about everybody. Not John much, but everybody else. (laughs) Talk about Bob. It's cool. All right. So let's move on to Teresa's Vacation Challenge. Yes, it's still ongoing, people. I know you're all sitting on the edge of your seats here. I have picked my days, got my deposit paid. Awesome. And we're ready to move forward. All right. Tell us your dates. Tell us your resort. Okay. Um. I went with August. I wanted to go right before the kids went back to school. We had other plans for the other months during the summer. So we are scheduled for August 14th um, to checking out on the 19th for five nights. We're going to stay at Pop, Pop Century. Um, It's someplace I've always wanted to stay. Yeah, I've never stayed there. It just looks fun. We went over there and drove around, and it just looks like a fun little place, real kitschy and cool. If you had a choice of what building did you you tell uh, your... I just wanted a standard. I just didn't. I didn't pick any particular building. Just 
luck of the draw. We'll see what we get. Now, one thing you can do is you can request what area you want to be in. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just a request. It does, it's not a guarantee. But um, you're working with Dan mm-hmm. from Dreams Unlimited Travel. Dan the man, yeah. And he's helping you with this process. So one of the things Dan will do for you is he'll make sure he gets that noted with Disney where you'd like to stay. Okay, I did not know that. Okay, yeah. cool. Now, uh, to clarify, you have we have said that it's just going to be the four of you. Right. And Max is not involved in the reservation because Max is going to the Mediterranean. Max is in the Mediterranean. Yeah. He is in the Mediterranean. So for a family of four. Family of four. What are the ages of the kids again? Um, 15 and 8. Okay. So it's just the four of us. And so we've got a standard non-smoking room requested. We got um, tickets for four days because we figured the first day we're just going to hang at the resort after traveling all the way over there. We're just gonna rest and hang at the resort. That is a long drive. It's fifteen miles, Teresa. It's forty-five from my house. Forty-five miles? Yeah. Where do you live? Do you live on the coast? <laughs> it's know. forty-five miles to Melbourne. No, it's forty-five minutes from my house. <laughs> forty-five minutes. It's forty-five minutes. You do know they're different, right? <laughs> yes, I do. I'm okay. kidding. I'm just kidding. However, I think that. But a lot of people do that. A lot of people do that, and I also think that the kids are going to want to play in the pool yeah. and explore the resort. So that's so that's what we figured we do. So um, that leaves us four tickets, four days, four parks. So we hit a park a day. Did you get those special $99 tickets? I didn't because it, those expired by the end of May. Oh. You couldn't get those. So um, so I put in my request at Dreams, emailed Dan and said, look, it's in there. Get it to work your magic. See what you can do for me. And it started out, um, it was $2,197, $2,197, tax included. And, um, and then yesterday he emails me and Florida discount rates came out. And we haggled over this. We thought about it. And this is what your agent does. They tell you what's going on. And this applied to me. So I went ahead and said, let's do what we can see what we can do. That brought it down to 1970. Wow. Under 2000. And this includes um, dining your way plus, plus dining. So, Wait, wait. This includes your dining? Yes. This includes my dining and my tickets. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's great. Pretty good. Leaves me about five hundred dollars to so work with. You don't with. have to bring those snacks from home anymore. No. <laughs> so um, is this the plus regular dining or the plus quick service? Um, table service and counter service. Okay, so the regular dining. Mm-hmm. So um, Dan and I once again he emailed me and he said, you know, let's it's time to start planning your dining if you want to get some reservations. So I told him I said I really don't care what day we're in what park. I told him kind of what I wanted. I know I wanted to eat at Trails Inn, and I thought that might work on the Magic Kingdom Day. And I knew Stella wanted to eat at um, 50s Prime Time. Obviously, that'd be Hollywood Studios Day. I wanted to eat at Kona because I just like Kona for the heck of it. I just love that restaurant. So um, we thought we'd do that the first night after hanging at the resort all day. And then the other restaurant, uh, what was the other one we picked? Oh, Grace wanted to go to Beaches and Cream, which you don't need a reservation for. Correct. But we thought we'd do that like at the end of Epcot Day. We still have one more to pick, I believe. But um, Dan emailed me this morning, and he got all my uh, choices in. I got all everything I requested so far. So um, I don't know. It looks like we're ready to go. I know. Um, let me ask you this. If we can take two quick services, can we turn that into a table service? No, you cannot. You cannot do that? No, there's no conversion. There's of- no conversion. Right. But you can take two table services and upgrade to a signature. 
Is that correct? Yes, that is yeah. correct. That's correct. You can do that. But however, you're taking away one of my right. Right. The kids don't eat that night. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> so okay, I was just wanted to clarify that. I knew you could go from regular table service to signature, but I didn't know if you could hoard your quick services. No, you and, can't. Now I do want to say this: you've picked some relatively easy restaurants to get into. You haven't picked any of the really hard ones. I know. Is there a reason for that? I think familiarity is just what we're familiar with. I, Trails Inn, to me, is kind of comfort food. I know I know the kids will like that. Beaches and Cream, from what I've seen, I know they'll like that. I didn't want to do anything to, you know, like GECO or something, a little bit more, not cutting edge, but... Not so average. Isn't Kelvin also kind of meat and potatoes kind of he guy? He is. So. He is. He doesn't want anything that I have to identify on the plate for him. He has to be able. To, he wants the visual. He wants to see that corn and that potato and well, that when piece of meat. If you're using uh, one of your meals at Beaches and Cream, that's going to be considered a counter service. So you Beaches still, and Cream is counter. Right. Okay. So Dan, Dan said that to me this morning, and I was thinking, why would that be considered counter? Because you don't need a reservation. Well, because, because it's, it's not a sit hot down. dogs and burgers. Right. You're not going in, okay. being seated by a waitress, having something served to you. It is served to you, but you order it at the counter and it's brought Okay. So I have one more table service, and I have nothing planned for Animal Kingdom Day. I've never hardly ever been to Animal Kingdom, just a few times. So what do you guys suggest that I would... What's over there? Well, you would, might want to have counter service in there. In the, the right. table service restaurants in Animal Kingdom are Yak and Yeti and... Flame Tree Barbecue. I don't think that's a table service, is it? Isn't that quick service? Oh, the big yeah, buffet. The big yeah. buffet. Tusker House. Tusker House, yeah. yeah. Or what you could do is one night, if Stella and Grace wanted to do something else or go to the kids' club or whatever, mm-hmm. you might want to take Kelvin to the Yachtsman Steakhouse. That's you're, a signature. You're, uh, you're doing well with your money. You have some money left over. You might want to consider sending them to the kids' club, taking that into, into account, and having a night out. That's true. I also thought about um, the girls really want to see Lanuba. So I don't know if I have enough money. I haven't checked into that yet to see if I have enough money. Also, if free dining happens, what do you think? Is that going to happen, guys? It's a very good possibility. They just released a Disney Visa promotion with, I don't remember the details, Kathy. I'm sorry. It just came out. Stay and play free or eat and play free. There's a couple different versions of that. August, did you say? 14th to the 19th. So just before we go into that, so that's usually what happens when something's released for the Disney Visa holders, it then becomes available to the general public. So it's possible that that would become available. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm open to changing the dates, and that is, that can be done, correct? Yeah, but I don't think you're going to need to change the dates. I think, I mean, if... I picked late enough, hopefully, yeah. that... Well, has it ever come up that, you know, because a lot of things that people like to do is the split stay... Can she do a split stay? She can do whatever her? she wants. Okay. What's a split stay? What's that? Or you like if free dining started on the seventeenth and you were checking in on the fourteenth, you'd have like two different reservations. The first one, like you would pay for your dining, and the second one, rather than changing your dates, you would just split up your stay. Sometimes oh. people stay at two different resorts. Sometimes they stay at right. the same resort and just have what's called a continuing reservation. And it means okay. physically checking out and checking in. But you can ask for this to stay in the same room. Right. But they do that sometimes to take advantage. Let me ask you this. If free dining does come out, will that alter my Florida discount 
I mean, yes, can you have you both? Have one or the no, other. you can't have both. Yeah, Disney has a policy. You can't stack. She wants to stack coupons. Right. Hey, that's what I do. can't stack discounts. You they can't don't use things. competitors' so, coupons either. So Dan will <laughs> figure out. I can't take a universal coupon. Dan will figure out which is better for me. That's mm-hmm. correct. And let me know. And just for full disclosure, Dan is an agent with Dreams Unlimited Travel. Dreams Unlimited Travel is the travel agency that Pete and I and Donna own and that people who are sitting around this table work for as well. So... We do have a financial interest in Dreams Unlimited Travel, but, you know, shameless plug, I think yeah. Dan's doing a great job. He's he already is. saved your money. He already has. And what this was the first time I'd ever actually made a reservation, not through my section, Dreams Res, but through for Disney through an agent. And I had my ID and my password, and I went into the client services area, and everything printed out. I, I printed everything out so I can look at it, you know, away from the desk. And explained everything well. And I thought it was cool the way it links you into, here's the restaurants, click this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everything's, thank you, Corey. Everything's just cool. As you say, we know what we're doing. I know, but I've, I've never done this before. I've never, but it's just really cool. And it was very easy. Now, when it gave me the, when it come down to paying my deposit, it gave me the choice of doing it online or calling. I called because I wanted to talk to Donna. Six hours later, I was off the phone. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and now no one else was able to pay their deposit. <laughs> no, she finally said, oh, i got to go. The other line's ringing. But, um, no, it was it was just painless, especially since it wasn't my money. It sounds to me like you're ex- more excited about doing this than if you just did it on your own. This sounds like you're having a good time with it. It is. It's fun because it's not just – because I'm the only planner in my house. Kelvin could care less. The kids only want what they want. If once they get it, they could care less. So it's nice to have other people that are interested in what I'm trying to do and someone to talk to and bounce your ideas off of and, you know, and then come back because the day um, I go to Hollywood Studios, I told Dan I wanted to eat at 50s, prime time. He come back and he said, I got you like a 12.15 and you can stay and see Fantasmic. Well, I never even thought about that because I have never seen Fantasmic. So now... You know, he threw that in there, which I, you know, didn't even occur of, to me. One of the things that we see a lot on the boards is people don't want to use a travel agent because they, quote, unquote, don't want to give up control. And that's understandable. People want to be able to call Disney themselves and tweak and adjust. But if you're willing to give up that little bit of control, what you gain is someone who's as passionate about Disney as you are. So while in, the, in a situation like yours where there's one person in the family who loves Disney and everybody else goes along for the ride, now you have someone to bounce those ideas yeah. off of. And, and get new ideas and, and all get, kinds of... And two, you know. two heads are better than one. Yeah. And plus he's he's doing the legwork. You know, I would not have known, oh, discounts came out yesterday, you know. That's, to me, one of the things that the travel agent... It, yeah. That's one of the things Dreams Unlimited Travel is awesome at. Yeah. Ten minutes later, he's like, man, this, look what I saved you. Let you relax. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Planning process. And in all fairness, people on the boards who are planners will, will be doing this themselves. Right. We'll be watching for discounts. We'll be right up on there and we'll know a discount gets released. So, in all but those fairness, people like that kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. And that's what they want to do. When you work with someone who is going to do that for you, it's kind of like now two eyes doing it. Right. An extra set of hands doing it for Because he's you. answering every stupid question I'm throwing at him. And every, you know, I was real flexible about, you know, this what day I wanted to go where. And then he emailed me back this morning, and he's like, okay, this is your itinerary. This is the days you're going to be, you know, you're going to start out here, work your way, last day Magic Kingdom, and you'll end at Trails End. And that'll be your last meal. You know, I'm like, well, that's cool. 
And what's nice now is, is that you guys can now plan specifics of your trip. Right. I what else to, can he plan for me? What else? Well, he can help you with what you want to do each day and coming out with a plan for that. Now, he's not going to plan every minute of your day. He's not going to say, 801, go to the Magic Kingdom. He won't Kingdom. call and wake me up in the morning. He will not. <laughs> Mickey will. <laughs> so that's cool. When you're there, Mickey will. But, again, he won't do that. He won't do turn right and things like that. But right. he'll give you ideas about. That's what the app's for. There are services out there that do that, like Tour Guide Mike. Yeah. If you want a more detailed hour by hour, this attraction, go to this attraction. Well, I've, I, I know this trip. There's there's things in every park I have not done. A lot of things I have not done, and I want to hit them on this trip. Attractions I've not seen, rides. Well, some rides I won't ride, but we do that when we go in the parks, and we go a lot. Yeah, try and see something you haven't seen in a long time. Oh, yeah. I'm still doing that, or something you haven't seen, or something that didn't seem. When you've, when you've been the other times and you've kind of been in a hurry to get mm-hmm. from point A to point B, you might have skipped some of the the lesser things in right. your eyes. And we, we kind of enjoy that. Every once in a while, we stumble across something and think to ourselves, this is awesome and we've never yeah. been here. Well, that's my plan so far. So I think, you know, right now we're just, I've got a few more things to think about on dining. I want to check into Lanuba tickets. I don't know if I have enough for that. I think you should also look into... Um, one of the things that comes up on the boards quite a bit and that we get questions for is what happens if my significant other isn't into Disney? What can I do for them? Something you might look at for Kelvin. What about the fishing excursion? What about... That's expensive. <laughs> what about the behind-the-seeds tour while you're in Epcot? Oh, my gosh. That would yeah. be perfect for And him. it's only... I, what is that? It's only an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And I think... what? How much is it? I forget. It's I only it's like $25. Very, yeah, oh, really? Expensive. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that's where they take him backstage... At the the land pavilion, oh, love it. and show them how they do the gardening and the techniques they use, and how they plant this next to this, so it, this bug eats that bug. And sixteen dollars okay. for adults. Sixteen dollars. Oh, see, that's pretty so cheap. If yeah. that's something he can go and do that, and you guys go ride rides. You see, right now, I know originally this was all any money you have left goes in your pocket, but right now I'm more thinking about. Any money I have left, I can use to enhance. I think that's the right way to look at it. What yes, it doing. goes in your pocket, but that's part of the fun of having that extra yeah. money on vacation. But this is something that's perfect for him. It's under 20 bucks. Yeah, that's and good for me. Yeah, and you guys could go do stuff around there if he's not interested in the Imagination Pavilion or the Land Pavilion. You could take the tour. Or riding the, in the big ball six times with me. <laughs> still. The big ball. Spaceship <laughs> Earth. Oh, sorry. Spaceship Earth. Or shopping. Right. So it's one of those things, and it's only about an hour and a half. So, Part of the fun of uh, planning the trip is planning the trip for everybody. Yeah. Making sure the kids get to do what they want to do, make sure he gets to do what he wants to do, and and it not be all about, you know, mm-hmm. I hate Disney because now you've made me do these things. Yeah. So think about that when you do your planning. I think this so. is the fun part. Yeah. Now you've made the decision of where you're going to stay and when you're going to go. This is the fun part of the trip. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun. I also think you guys should try to sneak in a signature restaurant. Do you? Yep. And if he's a meat and potatoes guy, I would suggest Yatsman. Oh, yeah. That's my pick. Most yeah. definitely. Yeah, I've looked at the menu, obviously. It looks pretty good. Great. And then check the boards. Yeah. See what people are doing on the boards, see if you can get ideas That's for what I've been doing. other stuff. So. But I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready for it. I've not stayed on property in a long time. Sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need that, you know, injection of Disney and being in the bubble. We found that that 
this trip with that. Well, it wasn't so much more about Disney, but it was about getting away and not being, right. you know, so concentrated on work all well, the time. Well, it's not the same as, you know, I go to Disney for the day and then I have to go home and then I have to go back to work. Yeah, you gotta, right. You know, cook and when and you go to Disney for the work. day, you're working. Right. Right. And it's it's just totally different. I'm, I'm looking forward to that and not having to. So you're going to cover for me, John, at work while I'm at, on my vacation? I mean, what do you no do? one covered for me <laughs> while I was away for 12 days. What do I do? Okay. All right. Thank you, Teresa, for that update, and we hope you keep us updated on your progress. All right. Before we end the show, we're going to talk a little bit. Kevin and I are going to talk a little bit about our, our uh, vacation. Now, we are going to wait for Pete and Walter to come back before we do the actual Adventures by Disney portion of it, which was incredible. Just have to say, absolutely incredible. We had such a great time. Um, they did some things for us that were above and beyond, and everyone seemed to have a fantastic time. Just I would great. just like to thank the people we traveled with. They were awesome. They were awesome. They were excited. They were involved. They were interested. They were interesting. They participated in everything. They made the trip even better than it was. It was such a great group. There wasn't, there was not, you know, you expect that someone's going to be a whiner the whole time or someone's going to be, they don't like this or they don't like that. Everybody was just wonderful the whole time. Can't say enough good things were about them. Were there flatties everywhere? And they took the flatties. <laughs> and, and I have to tell you, we're all kind of immune to it at this point. You have to see the looks you get when you're standing your little paper doll up next to something yeah. in the park. Or the waitress comes over and I was playing It's a Small World with the flatties on our table. <laughs> Ferris Flatty was my absolute favorite. Oh, it's, yeah, it's the cute. Ferris and Finley Flatty. Oh Everywhere I, every time I turned around, Corey and Julie's Flatty were out, and I said, "I've seen more of Corey and Julie on this trip than I do in real life." Mike and Christie's Flatty. Um, what did just, they ever find them? No, they're on a crime spree in Los Angeles. Oh my gosh! <laughs> they're like the Bonnie and Clyde of the Flatties. You know, the whole Flatty thing started from Chris, who did it with uh, with Bob. When Bob passed, he made a Bob Flatty, and then it Chris just kind of yeah. Chris. Do you know where this started? Is that it where it started, started with Flat Stanley? Right, you right. Know yeah, I, 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 Stanley. I'm familiar yeah. with Flat Stanley, but I guess the Chris whole Heinrich started it on the Diz with us. Flat Bob. <laughs> uh, when we did the Gaylord Palms live broadcast, Chris and Tracy came to it, and he had made a Flat Bob and stood him up on the counter so that he was there to participate in our podcast. So that was everything. the first one. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's so, cool. Sorry. The part of the trip was great, and we're going to give you all the details about what we did, which was just overwhelming at points. There are points where it was overwhelming. But Kevin and I did a little bit extra. We decided to take a little extra vacation. We went out a couple days beforehand, and we stayed in Hollywood. And we then, after our adventure was over, we had a couple days in San Francisco. But before we went to San Francisco, we decided to drive up Pacific Coast Highway which is Route 1, which goes along the coast. What were you driving? California coast. We rented a Buick Enclave. Enclave. The first part of our trip, the first three days, we had a Chevy Suburban. That was for the uh, Los Angeles portion of our trip. Our adventure started on Tuesday, and we arrived late Saturday afternoon. So we had uh, Saturday night, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday during the day that we kind of explored L.A. on our own. Well, there were adventurers who were um, floating People, right, in and out. Arriving, and so we wanted to make sure we met with them and talked to them. And we had a really great time. We got, again, we talked about this. We went to the L.A. Farmer's Market, and we did some um, just some exploring and 
tried some different restaurants. So, but people were sort of coming in for the first few days, so we weren't really on vacation yet. Our vacation for me really started when we got the car and we were driving up Pacific Coast Highway. It was really quite easy. There's an Alamo rental car right at downtown Disney in California. So once our final breakfast was over on Sunday morning, the 18th, we went and rented a car right in downtown Disney. And we had a Buick Enclave, and we went back to the hotel and gathered our luggage from Bell Services and took off. Now, was it was a, obviously a one-way rental. It was. Did you have a drop-off fee? It was a lot. Okay. It was pricey. However, John and I had discussed it, and it would have probably been cheaper for us to fly one way from L.A. to San Francisco. But you miss it. Right. However... To me, the journey from L.A. to San Francisco was as much a part of my vacation as everything else. Yeah, road trips Mm -hmm. are fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially this one. Uh, We traveled um, from L.A. We picked up Highway 1 in Los Angeles, just south of Malibu. So we drove all through Malibu. And all those songs go through your head as you're driving along. You know, you see the names of those places, and you hear the Beach Boys in your head. Yeah. And then once you're above... Malibu, you're on Ventura Highway. Oh, gosh. And then you hear that song in your yeah. head. So as you're traveling along the ocean, you hear uh, the group America singing, is it Ventura Freeway? Ventura Highway? Ventura Highway. Ventura yeah. Highway. So the whole time you're driving up there, this song is playing in the back. Of your, you're old enough to remember. You're old enough to remember. Is it playing in do your you head remember song? this song? I do. I remember okay. it. So it's just one of those things that all of these places Sounds you've cool. heard about. So we had our GPS. We brought the GPS from home, and we had all of our points in there that we followed along, and she was great. And our first stop, it was, well, I have to say this, what was amazing about this trip was everything seemed to fall into place. From the day we left the day to the second we got back, it was like the gods were shining upon us. Oh, that's good. The, everything worked. We were at the places we were supposed to be. Planes landed right. at the right time. People showed mm. up at the right time. Cars were in the right places at the right time. That doesn't always happen. Reservations <laughs> were where we told them to be. It was just everything as John said, fell into place. So we're, so our first day, we're driving along, and we decide, okay, wherever we are right about lunchtime is where we're going to stop. We found ourselves at Santa Barbara right around lunchtime. The Which first they call day. the American Riviera, and for good reason. Absolutely incredible. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And it's one of these things where we're driving along, and we it's about lunchtime, and we say, well, there's a sign for Santa Barbara. Let's go there and eat, knowing nothing about the place. So we get to the exit for Santa Barbara, which way should we go? Well, the ocean's to our left. Let's go and see if we can find some place to eat along the ocean. Driving along, come across the main part of town. We found Stern's Wharf, which is the pier out of Santa Monica. You drive on this pier. You think the car is going to fall into the water. It's one of those things where you're rickety, rickety, rickety. But first of all, you have to go through, before you drive onto the pier, you have to go through the parking kiosk. And they tell you, I don't even remember what it said, but it was like $20 an hour. And we thought, all right, whatever. We want to go have lunch. Let's go eat out on the pier, right? Yeah. So you get out on the pier, and it's all rickety, and we're like, well, where are we going to stop and eat? And one of the first places you stop is this restaurant on the right. We pull into the parking lot. This kid comes running out and says, I'll valet your car for free, and we'll validate your parking. So it's free to park. So we thought, okay, okay. let's eat here. Really? And when you're when you don't know anything, you think, well, this is as good a shot as anything yeah. else, you know. And I might be missing something better down the road, but this seemed okay. Incredible, incredible lunch. 
a view of the ocean, a view of the boats in the marina. There was a little sailboat regatta going on while we were there, so we sat watching the little sailboat races. Our food was absolutely spectacular. As a matter of fact, John has said it might be the best thing he's ever eaten. Oh, Mm. my gosh. We had a ceviche, which is fresh seafood and a lime juice. It was served kind of like in a cocktail glass. It was expensive, but it was incredibly delicious. Just incredible. Then we had a fresh sea, a, a fresh cob salad made with all fresh seafood. Oh, my God. It was just wonderful. Fantastic meal, fantastic timing. Get back in the car, head back up, US-1. Now we're starting to get into sort of the really scary part. Have you ever seen US-1? Have you ever mm-hmm. seen the shots of it? One side is a cliff, is a wall. <laughs> the other side is a cliff down to the ocean. And in parts... There's no guardrail. Who was driving? I was driving for the most part. We were a little... um, My vision is... I drive all over the place. I drove all through L.A. That's not where you want to test your vision. Right. I drive (laughs) all... In fact, he got the cities and I took the... I drove all through L.A. and all through San Francisco. So my driving is fine. However, if I hit a curb in Los Angeles, all I'm going to do is hit a curb. If I... One wheel goes off... (laughs) <laughs> off the pavement on this road we're plummeting to certain death so John drove it was one of the most beautiful and incredible and scary drives I've ever done in my life it was so incredible well actually I'm going to step back a second on day one there was a little town along the way that I wanted to see called Solvang and Solvang is all Danish it's a, uh, the Danish settlers settled it it was Danish educators who actually settled it and they say it looks just like Denmark just like the Netherlands hmm. so I wanted to see that. Well, I was kind of navigating, and we came to a fork where I wanted to follow US-1 all along up to San Francisco, but the GPS suggested we pick up 101. So I overrode the GPS, and we made a wrong turn. Come to find out, we missed the place I wanted to go to, Solvang, and we ended up driving through strawberry fields for quite a while. So did you hear that song? (laughs) No, no. (laughs) I heard other things, because... Yeah, part of what (laughs) happened was we had to then go over a mountain. And then back down the other side. On really treacherous, not quite scenic roads, just scary. To end this first portion of the day, we talked about everything working out. We decided that we were just going to, whenever we got tired or whenever it was appropriate, we were going to stop. Well, we figured out where about halfway point was, and halfway point is San Luis Obispo. And we had also heard um, Samantha Brown talk about the Madonna Inn in a show that we called Road Trip, or we watched called Road Trip, stayed at the Madonna Inn. So we realized we were about a 45-minute stop from there. We were getting hungry, and we were getting tired. So we decided to stop at the Madonna Inn, and we called ahead. If you've never seen the Madonna Inn, every room has its own theme, and it is decorated to the point of distraction. Those rooms were awesome. Over the top, <laughs> it's kitschy, right. it's campy, it's it's just incredible. So we stopped at the Madonna Inn, and we found out there are levels to the rooms. There are like four levels, and the price goes up accordingly, and they tell you what theme is available. So you get a list of what rooms are available, and then you get this photo album that you flip through to see where you, which room you want to stay in. Well, I wanted one with a rock waterfall shower. And when I tell you, it's these giant boulders that are sta- up stacked on top of each other. So we not only had a shower head, we literally had a waterfall coming out of the roof, oh, out, of wow. the, out of the rock. 
How big was the shower? Was it like a room? We all would have fit in it. Yes, it was a big shower. Oh, my God. It was a huge shower. I mean, we wouldn't all fit comfortably, but we all yeah. could have fit in it. And it was absolutely <laughs> the best. Yes, I mean, it would this, not this, have been comfortable. <laughs> the seat in the shower was a giant boulder. Oh, that's so cool. And our theme for our hotel room was the William Tell Room. We had three stained glass windows, and each one of them was a little <laughs> picture showing the, the legend of William Tell shooting the apple off his son's head. And as over the top and as kitschy as this was, the, the place was immaculate. It was sparkly clean, freshly painted. So it was a great, great place to stay. One of the funniest things, I'm going to do this quickly. We had heard that the steakhouse at the Madonna Inn was good. Well, we had dinner at the Madonna Steakhouse Inn. The, the Madonna Inn Steakhouse, excuse me. It was not great. <laughs> For sure, absolutely affronted by the decor. Everything is sort of in this pink Naga hide with big gold oh, rivets geez. in it. That's pretty. And there's fake wisteria hanging from the ceiling, all lit up with lights. It is just completely <laughs> over the top and completely just Sparkly. gave you a headache. It was so over the top. Food wasn't great. Food was okay. But I was looking at the menu, and I was trying to figure out what to have for an appetizer. I ordered an appetizer, and they said, oh, we bring that out to the table anyway. It was sort of an antipasto type of thing. So I said, okay, I'm going to try something else. I'm going to try your uh, sausage selection appetizer. Sounds good. Yeah. Right? Well, they bring out a dish that's literally like they took four sausages and cut them up into little chunks and fried them. A small bread and butter plate. That's huh. how... Oh. And it's piled. like <laughs> pieces of sausage about that big, but the size of a quarter, all piled up and greasy. <laughs> like your appetizer. It was like the weirdest thing I'd ever seen in my life. It was very... It was a hot... Yeah, it was uh -huh. cooked. Everything it was, was fried cooked. sausage. It was fried sausage. But nothing else. Nothing else. Oh, I, I picture it like summer sausage. That's what I thought it was going to be. I thought it would be like this selection of nice yeah. sausages. It was like yeah. someone took what we had public to sausage, cut it up, and threw it on a plate. It was the funniest thing. But the place itself was very, um, <laughs> in and of itself, it was a little pretentious. and it was, But it was kind of like part of the experience. Yeah. All right. So next day, we hit the road. We leave the Madonna Inn. Again, up some of the most beautiful scenery. Um, we turn off and we uh, experience, we stop at Hearst Castle. Mm. Oh. We didn't take a tour. The tours are like four and eight hours. Oh. But we went through the gift shop and there's an outlook point where you can go up and you can see the castle from the little overlook station. So that was fun. We spent a couple of minutes there along the way. Um, and the other thing that happened on this trip was... It was like, do you ever imagine what it was like for the settlers to go out west? Yeah. You think to yourself, okay, there must have been a point where someone came to a mountain and said, okay, now we're going to build a city here because I don't want to <laughs> climb that mountain. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was like driving on this highway. We got to a point where you're like, you're so frazzled and so your leg hurts from driving because you're on the brakes most of the time and you're trying to pay attention. I think, if I don't stop this car and get out, I'm going to lose my mind. And you turn a corner and all of a sudden there's something there. <laughs> Someone had got the same idea I did and thought, I can't go another two feet, and they put something there. The one time we stop in this little place, it's a gas station, and it's like this little sort of earthy, crunchy granola place to stop and get. You know what I'm talking about? Like sort of very ethereal. He's not doing it justice. Yeah. It was basically a garden shed that sold gas. Okay. <laughs> 
But they had a they had granola a, crunchy. They had a they had a shop where they sold stuff and it was. They were souvenirs. all wearing Birkenstocks, right? Oh, okay. And the one guy comes out and he's playing kind of like a lute, and he's whistling the tune to Is this Titanic. Like some sort of, oh jeez! <laughs> he was whistling "My Heart Will Go On" and serenading us while we got gas. He says to John, "I run the espresso bar," and I'm not exaggerating when I tell you. Have you ever seen? Like a rustic bus stop on a country road. Yeah. It was a rustic bus stop with a folding table and a coffee pot. And he kept calling it the espresso bar. <laughs> it didn't matter. We were really happy to it. It was like the, the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I How love cool, you. though. How bizarre. It was just, it, that's the way the trip went. And then another time we stopped and it was like, if I don't find something someplace soon to stop, I'm just going to pull off the side of the road. And we found this art gallery, this really cool art gallery off the side of the road. But it's like you're driving and there's nothing, and then all of a sudden there's this. Was there a lot of traffic? No, no. No. When I tell you, if they we, uh, Big Sur is uh, forty to fifty miles of the most beautiful, breathtaking, awe-inspiring, brain-exploding scenery you've ever seen in your entire life. So you don't know whether to be awed or terrified, because you're traveling roads that in some places are kind of narrow, and a car is coming towards you, and you realize that the only thing between you and that water is another lane of traffic. And you look over the edge, and it's a good 300-foot drop onto jagged rocks. When we decided to do this, we were in the planning stages of this trip, I said, I really wanted to do this. I really wanted to see this part of the country. However, the only way I was willing to do it is if we drove north. Because we considered going to San Francisco first, driving down to L.A. Well, then, if you're driving down Big Sur, you're the car along the cliff. That's true. At least on this way. You we're thought this out? You're thinking, mm-hmm. I want to be on the inside. We did. So I did. That's, why, that's why you went north. Right. I absolutely did think it out. I was nervous going north. Did you see the scenery, John, or were you just staring at no, the road? No, I did. I absolutely did. It was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> the other thing, too, is I don't know if this is something that's... Um, uh, government run or people just do it but along the way there's the most beautiful wildflowers in, along this entire road just fields and fields of wildflowers so it's like you don't know if someone did it on purpose if it's natural it's incredible so let's speed this up a little bit I don't want to take too much more time but we finished up our trip it was great we uh, were in San Francisco an excellent time in San Francisco. Did all of the touristy things you would do. Saw the cable cars. Kevin drove down Lombard Street. Isn't that fun? It is. It was a great deal. Again, of fun. it's one of those things that I don't know that I saw anything because you're so intent on not hitting mm-hmm. anything that you don't really get to in, enjoy the scenery. But driving around San Francisco was great fun. We went to the Ferry Building, which is they've now turned into a, like a food, like a Faneuil Hall kind of food emporium. We had lunch there one day. We went to the Disney Family Museum. And I was going to say, talk about that a little bit more. That uh, One of the things we did is we met up with a couple of our listeners, and we went to the Disney Family Museum. Did you enjoy it? Incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, in addition to uh, experiencing all of the Disney stuff that Diane Disney Miller was able to collect and put together... It's one of the most high-tech museums I've ever seen. She mixes medias so well. Uh, One of the things that I saw that that just impressed me without compare, 
you know how they say there are so many drawings per second of film? Yeah. One whole wall is all of the drawings necessary for Steamboat, Steamboat Willie. And as you're standing there looking at it, they're all little um, they're replicas of the drawings. It's not the originals. But they're all thumbtacked onto like a cork board. And you're standing there looking at it. And as you look at it, you can see the progression of Steamboat Willie. And all of a sudden, a section of them comes to life and shows you the animation of Steamboat Willie. Oh, wow. And then all of a sudden, it goes back to be looking like one of those those drawings. So it's kind of things that kept surprising you. The thing about the family museum that really surprised me is I've been a Walt and a Walt Disney geek for a while. This was an entirely different perspective. In the museum were gifts that Walt had given his daughters. Diane Disney Miller um, donated some of her own personal effects. Oh, so it was cool. a very personal cool. yeah, side like of that. Um, more of the man. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, family the family and his family. The most touching thing is the last room is a tribute to his death. And there's a story, a little plaque that explains how they learned that he was not doing well and going to die. And how the last couple of days of his life went. And it's all written by his daughter. Hmm. And it's after you've been through it, it's kind of a, a, a birth to death story, but it's a very personal thing. And that's not something you get with Disney World or going backstage. You hear the, the magic, the story of the company. You hear the story of the art. This was the story of a man, and it was very, very touching. What really amazed me, too, was for some reason he had the foresight to keep everything. I mean, he had telegraphs. He had handwritten notes telegrams telegrams he had handwritten notes he had everything you could think of and you think to yourself um what did he know somewhere along the line he knew that, gotcha. he should, that they'd sell on ebay for nine thousand dollars right <laughs> or that he should collect it for some reason the other thing that amazed me too was much of the story is told by him he sat down and pretty much did his family history so you first walk in and he talks about his great-grandparents and he talks about his parents and the and the, the things that happened to them as kids. The mo- his mother's, the buttons from his mother's wedding dress are on display. Hmm. They saved the buttons. They're beautiful, but it's kind of like a, it's it's a, it's reaching back. I I wasn't smart enough to save all that stuff. You know. I see my dad. My dad saved everything. I could tell you what went on in his whole life because he saved everything, and how nice that was after he passed. To have it, I got the Footlocker that had all that stuff in it. That's wonderful. See, I don't know if we do that today. I don't know if we save. I mean, we're a throwaway society a lot yeah. of times. But he had the foresight to not only keep everything and keep it preserved, but also to record his own history. So much of the museum is told in his voice. Some of the people that were in the museum also were gave fascinating tidbits. There's a little preview area downstairs at the museum, and. One of the ladies who worked in the museum was explaining that all of the stuff in there had been collected by Diane Disney Miller. She went around the world collecting Disney stuff. And what she was looking for was she was looking for movie posters of Disney films in other languages. So she might find a Pinocchio uh, poster from Spain. And one of the stories that this lady told was that Diane Disney Miller was shocked at the cost of these things. She said, I didn't realize that Disney was so collectible. We talked to Marty Sklar, and he was kind of shocked that we were so interested in him. I love doing searches online or on eBay or auction sites for Walt Disney signatures. 
and his autographs. I mean, just amazing. I mean, everything from checks to him signing books right. and, and how much they go for. And again, he kept all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, he kept, there were just tons of areas where there was the, you know, for the first studios they built, the bankruptcy of the uh, paperwork of the first studio. So it's an incredible experience if you're a Disney fan, if you're a Walt fan, we definitely suggest you do it. It's um, history. We it really like was. That. I was, and it was good to do it at the end. Yeah, I really appreciated that after the ABD tour. That after seeing the grandeur of what was built and what he what built on top of what he built and what's built on top of that and where it's come to, but then to go back and see where it started. What did it cost to get in? Twenty dollars, I believe. So not a whole lot. Huh? Now that's something. Explain the ticket process real quick. The ticket process is like going to any big museum in any city. You purchase a ticket, which allows you a half hour window to enter the museum. Our tickets were good for eleven to eleven thirty. You don't have to leave by eleven thirty. Once you're in the museum, you can stay indefinitely until it closes. However, you have an entry point. The day we were there, I imagine we could have gotten it at any point during the day with those tickets. But I think this is if the museum is busy, like on weekends or holidays or things like that. You have it, it allows them to control the flow into the museum. And as with any good Disney attraction, it emptied into a gift shop. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we spent. A great deal of money. Well, you all reap the benefits yes, of our shopping expression, our shopping experiences. Excellent. All right. Well, I just want to say thank you to Don, SF Bay Don, uh, Michael, Mary Mouseketeer, and sweet guys. Carol, Disney Enabler, yeah. who joined us and um, made our trip to the museum even more. Aren't they enjoyable. fun? They're such yeah, fun, fun people. Mm-hmm. They are. Good people. Excellent. So if you have a chance to do it, please go visit the Disney Museum. We loved it. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Diz Unplugged. Uh, please listen to us tomorrow for our email edition, and please keep track of Pete and Walter and Max on their 11-night Mediterranean cruise experience. Thank you, everybody. 